pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Michael Jimenez, halftime. Yes, sir. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, 103.3 FM. We're on the go at com. Happy Friday, everybody. My name is Michael Jimenez. I'm your host from 12 to 2. Here at Halftime, we do sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. Edwin Hafner is producing today. And my co-host, my buddy, James Pledger. What's going on, Pledge? What's happening, Mike? Dude, we just had a combine here at the San Antonio Sports Star. Let's, let's not give the results yet, but we just had a combine here at the station. And let's just say Pledge is hurting. Oh, I'm fine. Okay, because we're watching the Combine on TV, and we're asking the question, you know, how fast are they running? And we thought to ourselves, you know what? Let's go out and do this. Mm-hmm. So me, Pledge, and Edwin around 1130 went outside, measured out 40 yards. Ish. Did, did a run. Ish. Did a sprint. <laughs> it was a 40-yard dash for most of you guys. I, I did a 30-yard dash, and I kind of You did a half jogged. marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I jogged the rest of the way, but... Uh, we have a big show today. Man, Spurs lost a heartbreaker last night to the Sacramento Kings. This is a game that they should have won. Lonnie Walker with a season-high 30 points. We need to have a conversation about Lonnie Walker again. Jeff Garcia from from Locked On Spurs and from Ken's 5 will be in at 12.15 to talk about this. Is he going to be too expensive to keep? Because every game that goes by these days, to me, it appears as though Lonnie Walker is going to make more and more money. It's going to cost the Spurs more and more money if we plan to keep them in the offseason. Does At, that scare you? A little bit. A little bit, because who else can we get? That's the thing. So Jeff Garcia again at 12.15. At 12.30, Coach K from Duke, he's going to coach his last home game this weekend against North Carolina. What a great, what a fitting way to end. It really is. At, at Cameron Indoor, right? Duke against North Carolina. You think the ACC was like, eh. It's Coach K's last year. Let's go ahead and uh, make Duke, North Carolina, the uh, the closeout at Cameron. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I mean, it's his last home game. But this Duke, can you imagine if he goes on and wins the national title? Because right now, Duke is somewhere between a one low-end one seed to a high-end two seed for the NCAA tournament. Here's the thing. I love storylines. I want Coach K to ride out on top. I want him to win this title. Yeah. I want him to walk off on top. I'm a Big 12 guy. I cheer for Big 12 teams, but man, Coach K, his final year. Can you imagine if they carried him off the, the court and he, he, he leaves a champion? That would be absolutely amazing. But everyone's talking on TV right now about who are the greatest players that Coach K ever coached. I don't care about any of that. I want to know who is the most annoying player 
he has ever coached. We'll get into that at 1230. Annoying or hated? Annoying, hated, all of that, (laughs) everything in between. But uh, you can reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter. We're live on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, Search San Antonio Sports Star. Leave a comment. Who is the most hated player that you've ever seen in a Duke uniform? Also on Twitter, I'm at MikeESPNSA. Pledger is at I am Pledger. And at 1245, a story that really just ticked me off, man. I'm a little bit pissed about this. The movie White Man Can't Jump mm-hmm. is being rebooted. Does that mean being remade? Is that basically what yeah. it is? New cast, new characters, same story. Probably tweak it a little bit. Yeah, we got to talk about the person who's going to star in this movie because I'm a little bit puzzled about it. We'll talk about it at 1245 because, man, that's a movie that I grew up with that I absolutely love. And, yes, that is a movie that I've seen what? many, many times. Okay, because I, I always feel like there should be a breaking news sound or anytime you've seen a very pop culture relevant classic movie. Yeah. I feel like that's like breaking news in and of itself. Movie Review Wednesday was good this past weekend because I did two, uh, T2 on Wednesday, right? So yeah. it was really good. I watched if not it. for a Pepsi can. If not for several Pepsi cans and Pepsi machines, I would have given it an A+. That I know for sure. Because I don't see those in the real world. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I normally ask people like Ryan Eagle or people on Twitter to vote for that. Who's what the, What's the next movie going to be? I know what I want to watch oh. now. So I've got two movies that we'll talk about, and we'll determine at 1245 which one will be next Wednesday's nostalgic movie review. Again, halftime, we talk sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. Again, we are live on Facebook and on YouTube. And also, in the first hour, we're giving away two pairs of tickets to see Brooks and Dunn in concert here in San Antonio. So you have to listen to the show. Basically, when you hear the music, when you hear Brooks and Dunn being played, that is your cue to call in. Again, halftime goes till 2 o'clock. What color are they going to be? Let's see here. That's a good question. Let's because I feel like I feel like we should reward people who listen, and we'll repeat the whole spiel. Yeah, that you hear Brooks and Dunn, you call in, you win. Doesn't matter what song. I'm thinking caller three. Okay. Okay. Not right now. When we hear the music, so we're gonna play it twice in the first hour. We also have oh, tickets. Oh, we're doing it twice so, in the first hour, and then we have tickets to Coheed and So Cambria. then they know exactly when to call in. Well, no. There's only two breaks in the first hour. Well, it's when the music plays. The, the music could play right now, for all we know. Oh. Mystery music. Oh, I thought we were bumping back with it. No, mystery music whenever you hear it. Oh. So this could be like mid-segment. Could be. Could be during the middle of Jeff Garcia. That would be interesting. But we're going to give Edwin a break here on this one, man. But we'll do caller three <laughs> at that time. Edwin's looking over at me like they're not going, really? We're, that, that's how we're doing it? Apparently yeah. so. Sorry, Seat of Edwin. our pants, baby. Seat of our pants. <laughs> but we're starting out today with the Schefter bomb. And when Adam Schefter speaks, when Adam Schefter tweets, you know it's true. He tweeted late this morning, quote, Cowboys are likely to release wide receiver Amari Cooper by the start of the new league year per league sources. Cooper is due $20 million in fully guaranteed money on the fifth day, March 20th. Again, Adam Schefter is saying, of ESPN, is saying that Amari Cooper will likely be released by the Dallas Cowboys. We may have seen the last of him in a Cowboys uniform. Now, this is very interesting because several things. First Mm -hmm. of all, Amari Cooper will be 28 years old when the season starts. He's a very good wide receiver. Okay. Yeah. I, I I don't know if I'd call him elite anymore, 
But the Cowboys spent a first-round draft pick to get him and have been paying him $20 million a year. The Cowboys are $22 million over the cap. But when you take a look at the production that Amari mm-hmm. Cooper has, Amari Cooper has gone down in production. Last year, only 865 yards, 68 receptions, 8 touchdowns. The prior two seasons, over 1,100 yards receiving. So when you take a look at it, 865 yards. That's what Cole Beasley would do for the Cowboys back in the day. How many yards did Michael Thomas have this year? Well, Michael Thomas didn't play. So why are we comparing the two? 820 seems like more than zero. That is true, but how much did Michael Thomas get paid in, in the process? That's twenty the, <laughs> what two million dollars? Okay, you're going to compare somebody who plays who doesn't play. But the fact of the matter is that the Cowboys right now are in a very interesting situation because this is looking bad for the offense right now. It's looking bad for the offense. Let, let, let's break it down. Okay, the Cowboys beginning of last season were like, okay, we have the best trio in of wide receivers in the league. Best of the best. We have Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup. Cow- Cowboy fans say we have Blake Jarwin, we have Dar- Dalton Schultz. We have a very good receiving core and a tight end core. Now, Michael Gallup, ACL injury, is free agent. free agent. Cedric Wilson, who was his replacement, who did decent. He did well. Yeah, I mean, He, as he well. earned himself some money this offseason. And he is also a free agent. Oh. And then we hear that Blake Jarwin had hip surgery and is going to miss time in the regular season. Okay. So now we look at Dalton Schultz, and it's like, man. Oh, free agent. Free agent. How much are we going to spend for on him? So, we being Cowboy team, the Cowboy fans. It's, uh, it's a very interesting situation because this is looking really bad for the Cowboys So that's right four. Amari Cooper being released, that's five. So five of your top receiving options this season gone could be gone. Now, I did read that they are releasing Amari Cooper to try and bring back Michael Gallup. But much like the the draft, it only takes one team. Yeah. One team comes in with an offer to where he's like, yeah, I like that better. You take a look at what the Cowboys are doing right now, the decisions they have to make. The only For, guarantee is a franchise tag. Amari Cooper is a very good wide receiver, but there's no way in the world that 865 yards and eight touchdowns warrants a $20 million contract. He is not playing up to his level of his contract. You can argue that he was the year before and the year before that, but right now, 865, eight touchdowns, 15 games played, does not cut it. Absolutely does not cut it. So, you know, you're looking at Dalton Schultz, who last year had 808 yards himself and eight touchdowns at tight end. Do you franchise tag him? That's the the important question to ask right now is, do you franchise tag Dalton Schultz? Because Dak Prescott has to throw to somebody. Mm -hmm. And as of right now, the only person he has to throw to is CeeDee Lamb. Agreed. This is this is fascinating to me. Does that bump wide receiver up on their draft board, you think? Well, a lot of the mock drafts have been doing that right now. I've seen for every two mock drafts I see, I see at least one that says that the Cowboys are going after a receiver, maybe one from Ohio State, for example. Mm-hmm. Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. But then the question becomes, is it worth it to go use a first-round draft pick on a wide receiver? Because just because you draft a wide receiver in the first round does not necessarily mean that they're going to be starred. Now, some of them become stars. Jamar Chase became a star. Sure. Justin Jefferson became a star. So Absolutely. sometimes you hit, but there's other times... Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. Henry <laughs> Ruggs, you know? You have other first-round draft picks that don't necessarily hit. i got a question for you. 
Who is more warranted warranted on the Dallas Cowboys of earning $20 million? 800 and whatever yards and eight touchdowns from Amari Cooper? Or three sacks from DeMarcus Lawrence? Well, Cooper is worth because more I than keep DeMar- hearing, Lawrence. I keep hearing DeMarcus Lawrence, well, they, he, he wins on pass rush. You know, he he's, gets pressures. Like, he does a lot. He takes the defense and they commit two to him. Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons look like they were doing just fine without him for eleven games. No, that that that's the thing though is that you take a look at Demarcus Lawrence. It's it's whether or not he's on the field. The best ability is availability, and he, he hasn't, hasn't been, been available. available. Right, he hasn't been. But even so, when he has been available, he hasn't produced. But he doesn't necessarily have the the reps with the team to do so. It's kind of hard to come back in and be the person that you were before an injury. So mm-hmm. when you when you when you look at at the Cowboys roster right now, twenty two so, million over. We, they've been saying it from the get-go. This should not be a shock to Cowboy fans that Demarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper are probably on the chopping block. That should not be a surprise. What is a surprise is Blake Jarwin having a hip injury. What is a surprise, or being or missing regular season games, what is a surprise mm-hmm. is Dalton Schultz, his value going up and up, and the Cowboys, as R.G. Ochoa, Rock the Mike mm-hmm. OG said on Blogging the Boys, Cowboys absolutely lost leverage in this whole situation. Because of Jarwin's injury. And I'm wondering myself, when I look at both Amari Cooper and uh, Demarcus Lawrence, I know their contracts are high. Can't get a third, fourth, fifth round pick for him? Heading into free agency? You're just going to straight right. outright release them? Kilbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656 ESPN if you want to talk about the Cowboys or the Spurs. Again, 656 ESPN. Right now, it, it, this is the fun part of the year when it comes to football because you see the it's combine, the you see all these receivers going at it, you see all these running backs, and you and you, you start to dream, you start to think about it. This time last year, the Cowboys were looking at J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan as being the ones that they were going to target. And when they were both taken right before the Cowboys, lo and behold, Michael Parsons fell to them. And that was a Ooh. godsend to the Cowboys. So sometimes you should be careful what you wish for because you might just get it. In this sense, the Cowboys did not get Sertan, did not get J.C. Horn, who are good players. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if they had gotten that player, someone else would have gotten Michael Parsons. They also, you could argue, lucked into C.D. Lamb. They did, right, because he fell in the draft a couple of years 17th. ago. 17th. Yeah, he was projected to go in the top eight. Exactly. So that's the interesting part about the Cowboys is do you draft for a need or do you draft the best player available? And my philosophy is you always take the best player available because in terms of the NFL, there's so much turnover from year to year and it is such an injury heavy. Like the only time I wouldn't take quote unquote best player available is if I got like Patrick Mahomes on my team and the best quarterback on the board falls to me in the first round. I'm obviously not taking that quarterback. Now, again, uh, the the breaking news from this morning involving the Dallas Cowboys, uh, if he didn't hear earlier, is Adam Schefter's reporting of ESPN that Amari Cooper will likely be cut or dropped by the Cowboys by March 20th. Uh, so we'll be talking more about this in the 1 o'clock hour. Hey, man, the Dallas, the uh, San Antonio Spurs rather, had a very disappointing night. Losing to the Sacramento Kings 115-112 to 112 at the AT&T Center. This is the return, the first game back from the rodeo road trip. Spurs were down 19 at one point, came back to take the lead in the third quarter, but lost it in the fourth. 
Lost in all of this as well, Lonnie Walker, a season-high 30 points. DeJounte, 29 points, 12 rebounds, and 7 assists. Lonnie Walker, my man, is averaging 21.7 points per game in the past seven games on 53% shooting. But last night, Pop was quick to go to the bench. He sent Vassell and he sent McDermott to the bench right away within the first three minutes of the game because they made a boneheaded defensive play. And it just kind of stuck. McDermott only four points in 19 minutes. Keldon Johnson, woof. Two points wow. in 16 minutes. Pledge, when you're talking about the Spurs right now, this was a game that you would circle on the calendar by saying, if you're going to make the play-in tournament, you need to win X number of games. Mm -hmm. And I would say that the Spurs would need to have gone 500 the rest of the way. And this is one of the games that you circle by saying, this is one of the 10, one of the 11 that they need to make it into the play-in tournament. Yes. And for them to lose this game to a, a Sacramento team that was down 30 points, lost by 30 points the night before. So they were on the second end of a back-to-back. Have this lost is, four straight. This is super disappointing because right now you look at the percentages, the Spurs are a better road team than they are a home team. And I cannot understand why the Spurs can't get it going at home. I don't know. And especially when this team's been on the road for over a month now, how you come back in and your first home game in front of your first home fans in that long and come out as flat as you did. Yep. I mean, it was flat, absolutely flat. But uh, Joshua Primo last night, uh, you know, he only played, uh, he, he had uh, played 20 minutes, had six points. And one of the things about it, though, is that uh, I thought Primo played well. Rob Thompson on r in the morning this morning was really disappointed with what Primo was doing. I was okay with it. I was okay with what Primo did last night. He was doing a lot of little things. He had five rebounds out there. But to talk more about the Spurs, we've got Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs and Ken's Five with us right now. Jeff, last night's game, scale of 1 through 10, how disappointing was this loss to the Kings? Hmm. Oh, man, it, it was very disappointing. And add the fact, too, that the Kings, they had airplane issues. They had mechanical issues. And they came into San Antonio late. Late. So you, you, factor, you factor that in, you're thinking, hey, Spurs got this. It's the Kings, you know, they're tanky mode. And, yeah, that didn't happen. And, look, Pops did it best soft. This is what now, what, the third, fourth time he's gone to the soft card already? So they play soft. You you allow thirty plus points in the first period, second period, no defense. Oh, and you finally come alive, or what, like midway through the third to close out the the game. Just too little, too late. This is a team that needs to be playing perfect from game start to game end. They did not do that. Um, yeah, and they can't afford losses if they're chasing that play in spot. Well, this doesn't help because the Pelicans all of a sudden they're winning games. They won what three straight. Now the Clippers are starting to find a little bit of a groove now. Um, you're, you're, you're fortunate if you're the Spurs that Portland is tank mode and the Lakers are free-falling. But, yeah, I mean, if they want to make that playing tournament, they got to stick to um, to just playing 48 minutes of basketball. They cannot take a, a minute off in these remaining games. Now the thing about last night, though, is that you know Lonnie Walker looked amazing. Again, now the yeah. thing is, he had 22 points in the first half. He looked very good in the first half. We needed more buckets from him in the second half, and he wasn't knocking those down. I mean, to in a totality, he had a really good game. But when we needed those buckets at the very end, they weren't going down. But overall, though, a season-high 30 points, averaging, again, over 21 points a game the last seven games. Again, this all switched. This whole thing turned around for Lonnie Walker the second yeah. Derek White was sent packing. 
So a yeah. lot of people are reaching out to me on Twitter right now saying, this is a small sample size, Michael. We can't be, look too much into this. And I'm like, no, this is the perfect sample size because this is not just four games. This is seven games. And beyond seven games, it has something in common. This is Lonnie Walker playing on the court without Derek White there hogging the ball. And because of that, I'm looking at Lonnie Walker. Every game that goes by, I think his salary for next year gets higher and higher and higher because other teams are going to look at this, these stat lines. The, oh, he's averaging 21.7 points on 53% shooting the last two weeks since the break. Yeah. You know, they're going to look at that, and guess what? They're going to want that type of production for themselves, which is going to rise up the price. Mm -hmm. The Spurs did not re-sign him, did not extend him earlier in the season, so that's the gamble you play because if he starts, mm -hmm. starts to outperform, you're going to have to pony up. So on on Twitter earlier today, Jeff, I uh, and you were kind enough to retweet, yeah, yeah. A, a, yeah, a hypothetical. The Spurs sign him for a four-year deal at $14 million a year. And let me ask you about that number. Do you think that number of $14 million a year is too much or right about right or too little for what he's doing right now? I think, I think that's right about right because you make it still team-friendly, but it's pricey enough or maybe teams won't balk and try to poison pill that offer and um, give uh, give Lonnie something bigger. Um, I, I think it's about right. I, I agree with you, but I don't dis I, I disagree at the same time, Michael. I think it is a good sample size to see what he could project out to, but I still need to see more out uh, of this. Um, seven games is good, but I need to see if he can sustain this for another, at least another three to four. I think at that point, I'd be convinced. Because, you know... Trick me once. What's that old saying? You know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame uh -huh. on you. That's what I feel like. That's what I feel like with Lonnie Walker. Like, I've been to this rodeo before. You know, I've seen this before. I pledge, remember, was it last year when DeMar DeRozan was out? Yep. And he had, like, what, three, four, four or five games in a row? Oh, three or four games of 20-plus points. Then he went back to being Lonnie. He went back to being Lonnie yeah, because DeRozan came back. That was the thing. It, it, right, it, right, it, right, right, right. But 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 then he had another sample size where Rudy Gay went out, okay? And then we've seen even this year where he had a string of games of, uh, of double-figure scoring mm -hmm. in a row and then fell off. I do agree with you, Jimenez. It's a good sample size, but I don't think it's good enough yet. To be honest, um, this is the best see... sample size we've seen, though. Mm -hmm. And the, the one thing that we have is this is the best stretch that Lonnie's played over the entirety of his entire career with the yeah. points yeah. that he's been putting up. Now, Jeff, I ask you this, yeah. because while Lonnie's been playing well, the rest of the team has not. This team has struggled yeah. mightily across the board. It has felt flat at times to come in. And granted, some of it's been against good teams. Memphis, Miami, both really mm -hmm. good teams that they hung in there with. And Miami was without its stars. Or, or the San Antonio was without its stars against Miami. But this one hurt, and I keep seeing this flat team every once in a while come out for two quarters or a quarter and a half or whatever it may be. At what point does this fall on the coaching? At what point, when they're out of position on jump balls, does this yeah. end up falling back on Greg Popovich? I think a good chunk of it does fall back on Popovich because when he goes out publicly and admits that this is a young team, they got to play perfect. They, they don't remember in the beginning of the season, they don't have stars. 
you know, there's an all-star in this squad uh, before the season started. Um, that no, there is now. Teaching season. It's, 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 yeah, there is now. But it's a teaching season. So we're going to learn. Um, then, yeah, part of teaching and learning the, uh, to help the kids get better is swallowing on pop laps. Um, whether that's just simply, you know, remember what pop used to do, Pleasure, Michael? Whenever, uh, now granted, it was a whole different set and a different era, but whenever Timmy and Manu and Tony were bad, you pull everybody out and pull in the, the bench players. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that just, uh, you know, if they pull out another flat game like this. Just DeJounte, Jakob, Keldon, sitting. Bates, Diab, get in there. Kaycott, get in there. You know, just really try to shake them out. You know, and, and I think that as this team um, is rounding out the season, you, they, you would think by now these little things would have been corrected, but they're still there. And that just says that this is still a team learning. What I mean, that, that, that's their, their default for every post-game uh, loss chat with the media it's, we're a young team we're learning Lonnie walker last night yeah i played great but we lost and we're gonna watch film now you know we're learning um that needs to stop already you know if this is a team that's serious if this is a team that wants to make the plan the self said at Dejounte service where he got dealt uh, Derek white said that the team was talking about the plan tournament already then show it show it and right at least through one game and now through a little bit of a sample size of games now they're showing that they can still revert to being not a good team. What's that saying, uh, Pleasure? Um, you are who your record is, something like that? You are what your record says you are. And right, record is, yeah, yeah. And right now and the right Spurs, now, right now the Spurs are 24 like and 39. Blow 500 teams. Yeah. Right now the Spurs yeah. are 24 and 39, two and a half games behind New Orleans for the 10th spot in the play-in tournament. Next game is against Charlotte. Early tip-off, 6 p.m. Hornets coming in at 31 and 33. Next week, the Spurs start a seven-game homestand. The Ooh. games next week against the Lakers, Raptors, Jazz, and Pacers. I'm going to go ahead and say that either the the Raptors or Jazz game is going to be the one where Pop breaks the record. Again, he's one game away from win, from tying yeah. the most number Not of wins for a coach. Well, he'd have, they had to win both games, right? So you got I, one I, tomorrow, I, right? The Lakers game is a win. The Lakers game is a win. Is it? I, yes, that the is the Kings a win. game was supposed that to be a win. That is a win. That is a win. They they look forward to. Playing against why, other why, players why, from clutch. Why does Westbrook always seem to find his shooting stroke versus the Spurs? Yeah. It never fails. All uh, the Spurs got to do is turn off the AC, and LeBron won't be able to play, man. But that is Jeff Garcia <laughs> from Locked On Spurs and Ken's 5. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, Locked On Spurs, a fantastic podcast. One last question for you, Jeff Garcia. Yes, sir. In a few years, couple of years, have no idea when it's going to be released, but will you spend some time with me and Pledge? To watch the white man can't jump reboot. Oh, good lord! I didn't agree to watching this. Maybe, yeah, maybe I. Will. I didn't agree that's to watching this at all. That's a that's a whole travesty. There's certain movies you don't reboot. That's the one of them. Well, we're going to talk more about that movie at twelve forty-five. Who's starring in yes, that sir, movie? Yes, I saw highlights of that guy playing basketball, and I was not impressed. <laughs> when we when we come back again, your chances to win two sets of tickets. Uh, two pairs of tickets to go see Brooks and Dunn in concert here here in San Antonio. We'll also be talking about the NFL Combine. You know, Kenny Pickett's uh, hands all over the news, the size of it. Pledger and I had to pull out a ruler to see how big our hands were. <laughs> and Coach K is uh, having his last home game for Duke. His 42-year career is coming to an end. Let's talk about his best players of all time and his most hated players of all time. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Take a break from the hustle.
This is Halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Twin Peaks is excited to announce the kickoff of their $2 million bracket challenge presented by Dos Equis. Just go to www.twinpeaksbracketchallenge.com, submit your bracket for all of the games in the men's college basketball tournament between Sunday, March 13th, my birthday, and Thursday, Ooh. March 17th at 11 a.m. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, and those scenic views. <laughs> We're going to be at those scenic views at Twin Peaks for the first two days of the tournament. So. You know, Rob Thompson and Nickel. I know. And I, I, how does Rob Thompson do that voice? He's so tall. He has such that deep voice. Remember that? It is the Blitz. Mm-hmm. And he can do that high pitch voice for scenic, scenic views. views. I have no idea how he does that because I always crack my voice every time I do it. Uh, but You uh, also do when you try and get low like him and do the Blitz. Yeah. I am all over the place. I just have my dorky voice, and that's all I've got going for me. Hey, what you got going for you guys, though, at some point in this hour, when you hear Brooks and Dunn music, be caller number three to the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines for your chance to win a pair of tickets. We're going to give away two pairs of tickets in this hour, so super excited about that. Don't call now. Call when you hear Brooks and Dunn music. But welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250. And 103.3 FM, we do sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. You know, right now, the NFL Combine is in full swing. I'm actually watching it on NFL Network right now. People running the 40, which was the big story of the day yesterday because we had nine wide receivers who ran under 4-4. Baylor wide receiver Twyquan Thornton ran a 4.28. I'm excited over Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter, who ran a 4.49, which was faster than Patrick Mahomes. Faster than Russell Wilson when they ran at the Combine back in the day. And right now, Pledge is excited because he's a big fan of Christian Wood or Christian Watson. Christian Watson, rather, from North Dakota State University. He's watching those. Only the eighth wide receiver ever to get the next-gen stat of a 99 in his explosive measurables at the Combine. Sorry about that. Christian Wood plays for the Houston Rockets. There it is. I saw the name just flash up on the screen. You were getting all excited. I want Christian Watson to be a Houston Texan in the worst way. Although, Cowboy fans, if you hear on day two Christian Watson's name called you should be extremely excited. Now, when it comes to receivers I and running backs, I understand the importance of having a fast 40, okay? Just because you're on a 4.25 or 4.28 doesn't mean that you're going to be a star because we've we've seen, like, uh, Henry Ruggs and players like that who have had a decent careers before he got in trouble, but you, you've seen players who just... Fuller, Will Fuller was another one mm-hmm. who ran lights out, but it didn't... And he re- was a great receiver, though. He's he turned, he turned his into problem, one. His problem was he couldn't stay healthy. He dropped a lot of balls the first couple of seasons. He did. And then he, be, then he developed. But it takes time. What I'm trying to say is a 4.28 doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a Pro Bowl. No. But a 4.6... You go to the tape. Yeah, a 4.6 and, and beyond, you're looking at that, and that might be a bad thing. All but, the combine is, is it's check marks. Yeah. You, you see something, and if something catches your eye, you go back and watch and see if it mirrors the tape. Now, what catches your eye is not necessarily always a good thing. It could be a bad thing. It could be a red flag. And the red flag that came up yesterday was Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pittsburgh, who is projected to be a first-rounder. Mm-hmm. Now there's questions about that simply because of his hand size. Eight and a half inches 
right? Is what they measured it. Mm-hmm. And I, when I heard that, I I've got tiny hands and minor eight and a half inches. Well, that's the thing. I had no idea what that meant. And on R and R this morning, Rob Thompson was saying that his hand size was like ten and a half. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, well, you know, Rob's a big guy. You know that that makes sense. And the basketball. You, you brought out a ruler and said he meant is well, how big are your hands? Mm-hmm. Nine and a half inches. Nice. I had no idea. Nice. I had never measured my hands before. We're doing all the combine stuff today. So basically, it is <laughs> it is the the distance between your the tip of your thumb to the tip of your pinky. Point to the camera. Point point all the way through, right from here to here, and you just kind of flatten it, and it gives you that amount. So they. They basically talk about this being important because quarterbacks obviously hold on to the ball with every play. And because of that, if you get slapped or hit, are you more likely to fumble the ball because you have smaller hands? Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett fumbles the ball a lot in he college. Does. But a lot of people have said, well, the excuse is he plays in a lot of bad weather. But even still, it's a thing. And mm-hmm. I think I think this is a bigger thing than most would, would, would give it credit for. Joe Burrow had a nine-inch hand. Mm-hmm. My I remember big, his big... follow-up tweet about, I can't believe I made it this far with these tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so I'm looking at it, and, and I'm thinking to myself, there's no way in the world me and my five foot seven self have has, has a bigger hand than a starting quarterback in the NFL, but apparently I do. Mm-hmm. So now I'm looking at Kenny Pickett thinking to myself, there's no way in the world I want my Saints to draft him because that's too small, man. No. It's too you small. You play in a dome. You're fine. If he falls to you, especially in the second round. Oh, second round, fine. But first round at 18 for my Saints, they need a quarterback. I'd do it. They need a receiver. We also Are you worried about lineman. Taysom Hill fumbling? Because he has the same has size hand as... He has the same size hand as Taysom I Hill. I have more... Well, it's kind of hard for him to fumble the ball with his hands when it's tucked in, because that's what he does more often <laughs> than throw the ball, okay? I am more worried about Taysom Hill trying to toss the ball beyond 15 yards than anything else. Man, my team, we're going to turn into the Aints real fast. So you, you'd rather have Desmond Rudder. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. But congratulations to Coach K. 42 years coming to an end. His last game at Cameron Indoor Arena is tomorrow against North Carolina. I can't wait to watch that game, but it's interesting because he has won 15 conference championships, made it to 12 Final Fours, five national championships. That's 1991, 92, 01, 2010, and 2015. And to top it all off, Pledge, Duke right now is projected to be a one seed in March Madness. He, he's great. Is he the GOAT? Or is that still John Wooden? It's still John Wooden. It has to be. Yeah, I, I because would... I look at what Coach K did. He went to a school that wasn't known for basketball and turned it into a basketball factory. Yeah, he came UCLA from was a basketball factory already. Yeah, but the way that Wooden won and the the amount of of, of championships that he won in mm-hmm. such a short period of time, um, it, it's kind of hard to to say that he that anybody could ever pass Wooden. Could you argue it was easier then? Just in terms of recruiting, the prestige of the program, getting the best player. I mean, Coach K not only had to turn around a program that wasn't a basketball program and turned it into a basketball factory, but also morphed with the times from being able to keep players for three years into the one-and-dones and still did it at a high level and won championships. Once a program starts winning, people want to go there. Sure. You, you get attracted to that. That's why... 
Alabama. But I'm talking about the change in, in the game, the way you recruit, the way – like, everything changed at one point during Coach K's tenure. And and think about the players that he didn't get. I mean, Kobe Bryant said that if he was going to play in college, he would have gone to Duke. So for 40 years of sustained greatness, that means there at one point while he was coaching there, there wasn't a three-point line. He's gone through <laughs> multiple iterations of changes – while at Duke. I found it interesting. CBS Sports uh, has an article talking about the 42 best players of all time under under Coach K. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you see some of the names in there that uh, are very, very, very familiar. Because not only are they familiar in the sense that they were great players, but they were also, to many people, annoying players. Because Duke is considered to be an elitist school. Uh, I, go, I do a lot of business in North Carolina. And when I go over there, everyone's fans of UNC. That is the number one school that people cheer for in North Carolina. The second school that they cheer for is NC State. And I would go on and say that the third school that they cheer for, for all the sports they have there, is Wake Forest. There's a lot of hate for Durham, huh? There's a lot of hate for Durham, because Durham is just a small campus. It doesn't have the footprint of a UT or an A&M. It's a private school. While the town is... Not necessarily Ivy League or what you would consider. The program itself is close to an Ivy League in terms of admissions and programs and stuff like that. I mean, it is a very, very tough school to get into if you're not, you know, really good at playing basketball. It's like Notre Dame. Very much so. Oh, wait. Whoa. Hey. Brooks and Dunn, baby. Now's the time to call into the Kobasa Bacon phone line, 656-ESPN, 656-ESPN. We're looking for caller number three, and you get tickets to see Brooks and Dunn in concert here at the AT&T Center on June 10th, or June 11th, rather, part of the Reboot Tour. Love it. Again, caller number three, 656-ESPN. Let's talk more about Duke real quick. we got to cut this music, though. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna crave Rudy's or Pinkertons at this point because whenever I hear country music, I want to have some barbecue. But all right, let's, let's talk about the greatest players of all time in Duke, and again, the most annoying okay. to me. The most annoying, by the way, Grayson Allen, oh. both in college and in the pros. It is Grayson Allen, just the face, man, just the face. He he has the most punchable face in all of sports. And he knows it. He knows what he's doing when he's being a punk out there. Who's the most annoying dookie to you? Who is to yes. me? Oh, God. I mean, they've had so many throughout the year. Um, Grayson Allen's definitely up there. But while they're not annoying to me, I know the hate and the visceral hate that this man inspired. It inspired a 30 for 30. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's one, it's one of my favorite players. It's one of my favorite teams of all time. Christian Leitner. Man, that guy was a stud in college. Absolutely. One of the five greatest Dream college team. players of all time. Dream team in 92. Christian Leitner, according to CBS Sports, when they did the rankings uh, this week of the top 10, top 42, actually, uh, best players that Duke had under Coach K. Christian Leitner was one number one. Grant Hill, two. Jay Williams, three. Zion Williamson, four. J.J. Redick, five. Rounding out the top ten. Johnny Dawkins, who was drafted in the first round by the Spurs back in the 80s. Danny Ferry. Elton Brand. Shane Battier. And at number ten, Bobby Hurley, which is funny. because Bobby keep... Hurley's a lot lower on that list than I thought he'd be. I thought so, too. It's funny. You go down this list here, and you see 
Kyrie Irving's name. You know, you see uh, a lot of names on here. He coached a lot of players in the NBA. Brandon Ingram being one. Jason Tatum. The Jaleel Okafor. Jaleel Okafor, yeah. Uh, Jabari Parker. A lot of players. A lot of players. But that 30 for 30, the I Hate Christian Lakers. Trey Jones. Of the Spurs, yeah, <laughs> I think he was. On, I think I think Trey's brother was on this ranking. But you take a look at Christian Leitner, that thirty for thirty. Um, that's my favorite thirty for thirty that they've ever done. It's you, so good. And one of the things about it is that it talks about the fact that people thought that Christian Leitner was like from this really rich background, and that he was a he was uh, just an elitist mm-hmm. going to an elite school. And the fact of the matter is, is that Christian Leitner came from a working class family and had a very troubled childhood. And people didn't get that because he was a good looking dude out there who banged bodies out there. And the most amazing thing about that Duke run there was the fact that they came back very much like the Spurs came back against the Heat, you know, back in from 2013 to 2014. Back in 1990, UNLV beat Duke 103-73 in the national title game. The following year, Duke somehow. How good was that UNLV team? Though? <laughs> it was amazing. Greg Anthony, Larry Johnson, Larry Johnson, Stacey Augman, and Duke, Plastic Duke comes back to beat them the next year in the semifinals, seventy nine, seventy seven, and then goes on to win the title. I went to a concert uh, uh, five years ago, the mm-hmm. Final Four. And uh, it was in Dallas, and the Killers were one of the headliners. Nice. And Brandon Flowers, the singer, came out with a jacket that was a vintage UNLV, you know, running uh, Run reps uh, jacket. It was fantastic. Here's the thing. I look at that team, and that team was fantastic. You look at Grant Hill and Christian Leitner. I mean, it's such a complete team. And was it Kentucky they beat the first for that first one? Yes. Jamal Mashburn, and then they they doubled down and do it again this time against the team that everybody had their eyes on, mm-hmm. the Fab Five, Michigan. That's why he, that's why Leitner is hated. I mean Leitner, who I mean one of the most brilliant plays of all time, probably the 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 biggest shot of all time in college Ooh. was that shot that that cross. With an inbounds pass, the length of the court. Catch it at the top of the key. And just go one way, go the other way, just knock it down, and him raising his arms in glory. Fantastic. They were so well coached. Like, they seemed prepared for every moment, including that one. Like, there was no hesitation. There was no anything felt stressed or hurried or rushed Everything felt like they knew exactly what they had to do at that moment. Aside from that 1990 finals, I always felt like Duke had a chance to win. And again, Coach K, tomorrow afternoon, coaching his final game at Cameron Indoor at Duke University against North Carolina. It's going to be a fantastic game. Can't wait to watch it. I'm hearing tickets are going for like thirty, forty thousand dollars for like the best seats at Cameron. So you're going to miss a crazies. couple? Oh, no, no, thank you. But speaking of Coach K, <laughs> Coach K coached so many great players, but how would he have coached Billy Hoyle or Sidney <laughs> Dean? 
If you might recognize those names, <laughs> those are the names from White Men Can't Jump, the 1992 Sizzler. classic we movie. We go in Sizzler. We go in Sizzler. That movie is being rebooted, being remade. Cannot no! believe it. We will talk about this. White Men Can't Jump being brought back. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's Rob Thompson. The biggest headlines in sports. Rudy J and I break them down weekday mornings, 7 till 10 on R&R in the morning. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Upload a photo of what's on your grill and enter a description recipe at sasportstar.com. You can win a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. Chosen, winner chosen every Thursday at 6 on the Blitz. Welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM, and on the go at sasportstar.com. My name is Michael Jimenez with James Pleasure today. Edwin Hafner producing this show. You know, it's sports, pop culture, and nostalgia, and this next story right here is both pop culture and nostalgia in a way. Yeah, I'd say that. Because one of our favorite movies, I don't know if it's one of your favorite movies, but it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, you can go ahead and speak for me. It's one of my favorite movies. Oh my God, it's getting the reboot. And for those of you who don't remember White Men Can't Jump, one of my favorite lines is said by Billy Hoyle, who says, what, you still throwing up bricks? What is this, a Mason's convention? Let's say we just stop right now, gather up all these bricks, and build a shelter for the homeless so maybe your mother could have a place to live. What a great trash talk. Billy Hoyle, Sidney Dean. Billy! <laughs> Billy! Man, White Man Can't Jump starring Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, Rosie Perez. A fantastic movie from 1992, and now we're getting word. I always find it interesting what you actually put the emphasis on. In what sense? Like, sometimes you'll be like, yeah, Martinez, and then you'll be like, Perez. <laughs> I gotta... I got to do my West Side, South Side proud, baby. But you, you only do it, like, every once in a while. It's not consistent. That's what I find the funniest. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. But, uh, you know, let's... Oh, wait a minute! Oh, uh, it's the same song. Oh, my goodness. Is there another song? There. Ah. Uh... This is beautiful. This is when you do the two-step very slowly. You want to dance? No, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> We're looking for caller number three into the Kalbasa Bacon phone lines. 656 ESPN, your chance to see Brooks and Dunn in concert at the AT&T Center. June 11th as part of the Reboot Tour. Reboots. Some reboots are good. Brooks and Dunn Reboot. Good. White Men Can't Jump Reboot. Better be good. Because I, I don't know if I want to watch it. It won't be. Now, rapper John Harlow is going to star in the movie. It's his first movie. In fact, it was the first time he had ever auditioned for anything. And I was watching clips of him playing in the NBA All-Star Weekend Celebrity Game. And don't get me wrong, he knocked down a couple of three-pointers. He shot like Sean Marion. You know, it came from the stomach. He drove in. He made a layup. But he, he, he went off the wrong foot, and he also threw it off the wrong hand. The release point was wrong, but somehow I'm going to go ahead and assume that he's going to be the new Billy Hoyle. They better keep the name. Sidney Dean, Billy Hoyle, you can't, you can't have a white man no, can't go, jump movie Just go ahead and change that. it because then I won't correlate the two. 
We go in sizzling. Yeah, I don't, I don't want all that in my new movie because I know the new movie is going to be awful. There's got to be a Jeopardy scene as well, maybe with Aaron Rodgers or something like that being, <laughs> you know, the host. host, hosting Jeopardy. That would be hysterical. But White Men Can't Jump is just a classic movie that I can watch over and over and over again because of the trash talk, because of the, uh, you know, I mean, the whole, the whole part of the movie where you know he's he's getting his money back. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's you know, he lost the money in a in a bet because he he tried to bet that he could dunk, and then he gets the money back, but he loses the girl. Oh, what a great movie, man! This so was a good. it was a guys guys movie. Even though it was kind of had like a romantic comedy type of vibe to it, it was still a dudes movie. It was a buddy buddy movie. Yeah, and I I can't think of one off the top of my head. Maybe you can help me with this. Mm-hmm. Name a, re- a reboot that was better than the original. I can't think of one. Oh, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai was just as good as the original. First couple of seasons, most definitely. Okay. Uh, but that's a series. That's not a movie. And True. it's a continuation of a story. It's not rebooting the story. Okay. I'll think of one during the break. I'll think of one. It, it, it's probably difficult to think of another one. It's tough because they're they're all bad. The only ones that do it, Blade Runner, it, wasn't that good. If you want to call it a reboot, it's redoing the Batman's of the world, which, by the way, premieres this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's rebooting Spider Man because it's, okay. it, it, those are all reboots in, in a way. Uh, True. So it, it is possible, but uh, interesting point of the new White Man Can't Jump. One of the executive producers is NBA star Blake Griffin. No wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it all makes sense now. We have <laughs> we have another hour of halftime to go here on the San Antonio Sports Star. When we come back, we're talking about the fact that the Cowboys appear to be dropping Amari Cooper from the roster, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. We'll be talking more about the Spurs and giving away tickets to see Coheed Cambria. Oh, sorry, Coheed and Cambria. Right there, it is. I'm going to get it out. I'm going to get it out. And also, we're going to talk about the fact that Pledge and I and Edwin. We ran a 40-yard dash. We did our own combine Uh here at the San Antonio Sports Star, and we need to break that down. This is halftime (laughs) on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Live, local, loud. KZDC, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Michael Jimenez. Halftime. It's our number two of halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. We're on the go at com. What's up? My name's Michael Jimenez, your host today. James Pledger is riding shotgun today. Edward Hafner is producing. Talk sports, pop culture, nostalgia. Last segment, we talked about the fact that White Men Can't Jump is going to be reboot, and there's a rapper who's going to be performing, I guess, starring in it. And people are reaching out on Facebook and YouTube with their comments. And some of them made me laugh. Uh, you know, some of them saying, uh, Mario Cavasso says, it's going to suck. I kind of agree. Pledge asked the question, has there been a good reboot when it comes to movies? Jonathan C. reaches out and says, a star is born. Nick Lopez says, the fly was a good reboot. So kind of interesting mm. there. But uh, again, we're going till 2 o'clock talking sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. That kind of gets something off my chest, Pledge. Okay. Well, a couple of things. I cannot wait at one thirty to reveal how we did at the San Antonio Sports Star Combine. 
pledge, me and Edwin went out to the back, the back lot, and we did our own 40. We measured our hands. We did a 40 yard dash. Kind of weird how we measured it too. We'll get we into that. A shuttle drill. <laughs> I can't wait. But, uh, yeah, so we'll go over that at 1.30. We're also giving away tickets to see Coheed and Cambry on this hour. But uh, I got to get something off my chest. Remember last week or a couple weeks ago, I mentioned to you that there was gunfire in my neighborhood and that it oh, sounded yeah. really close to my house. It was about seven, eight houses away, apparently, is where it happened. And I called 911, and Bear County Sheriff's Office took six minutes to answer the phone, and I was kind of pissed about that. Well, last night, we've had this issue where there's this car coming, and we've had a lot of people break into cars and whatnot in the neighborhood. And I live in a nice neighborhood, but the fact of the matter is is that people are coming by and, you know, trying to jiggle open the car, uh, steal purses inside, steal cars, whatever the case may be. And and our Facebook page that we have for the neighborhood is showing video of people coming in and out. So if you see something suspicious, report it. So I've been mentioning that there's been this blue car in my neighborhood that just kind of makes its way around the neighborhood, doesn't appear to be from the neighborhood, missing hubcaps, doesn't have a license plate in the front. And then last night, my wife looks at me, at, and she's, she's calling over at me and says, Michael, come out of here. I run out to the front door, and she's pointing at the car. She goes, the car is back. And there's always a group of people in there, and it's idling for like 30, 45 minutes, and no one ever moves. The car never moves. No one goes in and out of the car, and we're thinking to ourselves, who are these people? So Pledge makes fun of me because I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that uh, I went out to go see if I could find a license plate. I pretended to go check the mail, but I noticed that there was no license plate. And my other neighbors come out, and they're freaking out about it because they've been suspicious of this car, too. So the car returns yesterday, last night around 10 o'clock, and my wife says, call the sheriff's office. So I call the sheriff's office. Now, I'm not going to call 911 because I didn't hear gunfire or anything like that. I'm just going to call the non-emergency line. Pledge, it took 19 minutes for them to answer. That was three more than it took pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> 19 minutes. That's three more than it took pre-show. No, the photo I put on there, on I put on Twitter, showed 15 minutes. But it was like 18 minutes and 48 seconds, something like that, <laughs> by the time they answered it. And by then, the car had taken off. And they're like, well, we'll send somebody over. So my question is this. Why does it take more than six minutes for 911 to answer? And why does it take 19 minutes, you know, I'm rounding up a little bit, for the non-emergency line to open to, 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 to get answered. I mean, it would have been faster pledge for me to have gotten in my car, driven over <laughs> to the station, told them about it and driven back home. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. Do better bear County. Oh, come on. Just call them out like that. Uh, well, what else do I do at this point? Vote, vote for what cops. I don't understand. Vote for what? It, it, in there, the justice of the people, or in there, some kind of like figurehead sheriff. Uh, sheriff, uh, you vote for sheriff. Sheriffs and deputies, they do a fantastic job. I have no problem with them. What I have a problem with is why does it take so long to answer? I mean, smoke signals, something. I mean, I don't know, man. I I had to bring that up because that is the second time I've ever had to call the police, uh, the sheriff's office at my house, and it's all been in the last month, and it's not been a good situation. But that's what I get, I guess, for living the high life. Outside of the city of San Antonio. Do they have a complaint line? A is it, yeah, you know, like customer service or... 
I know Spectrum. I've got a number I can call if I have an issue. <laughs> Do you have one of those? Can I, you call like the Bear County like complaint line? I just wonder how many people answer the nine one one calls. Is it like three people? Is it well, 10? I, I think it's like one person like Edwin. So like if he's on the phone with someone, he can't just be like, hey, I'm sorry, you're being shot. I got another call coming Were in. they in the bathroom at the time? I mean, how many people are there? I mean, I watched that movie the other well, day. Well, you must have impeccable timing if you've called them every time <laughs> they're in the bathroom. Mateo Franklin reaches out on Facebook and said they saw Jimenez on caller ID and put him on hold. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, I understand that. And, yes, people reaching out to me saying that I'm a Karen. I'm not a Karen. I'm a scaring. Yeah. Because what happens if someone was shot in the middle of the street in my neighborhood and they're not answering the phone in six or seven minutes? In proper context, he's not a Karen. He's a Richard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jay Glenn reaches out on YouTube and says, if they are in front of the house, knock on the window. Yes. And then I get shot. And then my wife calls 911 and no one answers. Did you do that the first time? Isn't that why I made fun of you? No, 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 no. You I made fun of you with your phone and like knocked on the window? No, because I've been having those nightmares how I get lured out into the middle of nowhere and I get and shot and killed. And keep going outside anyway? Yeah, and I'm telling you this whole story about how I don't know who those people are and they look very suspicious. And we have all these videos of all these break-ins in the neighborhood. And now uh, I pretended to go... <laughs> I pretended to go check the mail and you gave me crap about that. Yesterday, my wife says... Pretend like you're taking the dog for a walk, which was even sadder because I took my dog for like a four house walk so I could turn back around. I put it on the HOA page. And what's so funny is that within like five or six minutes, again, in, in the time that that's that, that, amazing. In so the, which in dog? The time, was it Cody? No, it was uh, Tori, okay. my, my corgi. Uh, it, it, and she and, and she was pissed off. So we off. see which dog she cares most about. Well, yeah, I was like, I should take my big dog. I should take my golden retriever. But instead, I'm taking my small little corgi out there. <laughs> She's nothing like, says manly. If, if something happens to Michael or the corgi, I'm still okay. That's what your yes. wife's thinking. As long as I got Cody, I'm good. Nothing says manly like a man walking out there in t-shirt and boxers. With a corgi. Okay. Why are you in your boxers? I put on shorts the second time I went outside. The second? This is my house, baby. My house, my rules. Yeah, but you're you're outside, so it's no longer your house. You are inflicting whatever you are on people. And that's the thing. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because I put on Facebook, on my our neighborhood page, that there's a suspicious blue car, and I gave out the license plate number, and it's so funny. It's about 10, 45, 11 o'clock at night. I'm still on hold, by the way. <laughs> I'm still on hold. And at this point, vigilante justice comes around because we have three or four cars suddenly show up to, quote, unquote, check the mail. Nice. Right? And I know what they're doing. They saw what I did. And no one's checking the mail at 11 o'clock at night. But people went out idea. there. But that many people at one time. No, they were all there to check out the car and check out the, dry, the, the the license plate. And at that point, oddly enough, at that point, the car takes off. I've got a challenge for you. Yes. Next time that car is out there, parked outside your house again, no hubcaps, mm -hmm. dark windows. Have you seen the movie Beverly Hills Cop? Yes. I'll put, I'll put a banana in the, in the, in the I know. Exhaust. I know you're into health right now, so yeah. uh, I imagine you have bananas at the house. <laughs> I need you to take one of those or, or, or a, bu a bushel of those bananas. Yeah. Sneak up behind the car, because that's what Axel Foley did, <laughs> and just start slowly working them down to the tailpipe, and then go back home and just wait. 
just yeah. wait. That way, when everybody shows up and they try and leave, they can't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Frank reaches out on Facebook and uh, says that my my dog was uh, like a man was like uh, was was basically chilling. I, I guess that that's the hard part of it all was that my dog was super excited, thinking that we were going to go on a mile or two mile walk. <laughs> and when I took him, only took her only four four house lengths and swung back around, got that dog got pissed off and started pulling at the leash. It was like, no, we go this way. No, we're I'm not I'm, done. I know our walk pattern, but we go this way. And my wife just chilling out. You know, in, in in the front of the house, drinking just, a truly, just looking, just <laughs> looking at them like, "What do y'all want?" So yeah, and people reaching out on Facebook and YouTube saying <laughs> I should go out there with a shotgun. Uh, I like to also have freedom as well because there's certain things that you can do to protect your house, and certain things you can't do, and uh, so it's a fine line that you have to walk right there. Michael's like, uh, dude from Friday. Debo rolls up. He's like, I'm just gonna tuck mine in. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got that one. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. You know, that whole banter that we had there was 10 minutes long. Add nine minutes to it, and that's how long I was on hold with Bear County Sheriff's Office. I will now drop it. <laughs> I will now drop it. Will you? Yes. Are we sure? Kind of. I will drop it until the next time I need to call in. I want to see... Someone call into the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines at 656-ESPN, 656-3776. Just call in. Our fantastic producer, Edwin. See how long it takes to answer? He's going to put you on hold. He's going to be like, hold on just a sec. And he's going to put you on hold. And if you're willing to wait on hold for the amount of time that Michael waited on hold for Bear County Police, you win Coheed and Cambria tickets. I like it. 656-ESPN. If you want those tickets, call in. The six five six ESPN and first one to nineteen minutes. First one to nineteen minutes and stays on gets those tickets again. Every once in a while, like Epiphany Genius, it happens. Epiphany that'd be a good name for a daughter. Epiphany. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I'm thinking. I like, don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about the movie Waiting. Sorry. All right. Yes. Let's get back into sports, man. That Woj bomb, not Woj bomb. Oh, Shucky. give me the give me the chain. I I, I I'm going to I'm going to chain we'll myself on that one. Uh, the uh, Shefty the Shefty bomb. Adam Schefter. I believe everything. This is the guy who said. This is the guy who said that Tom Brady was going to retire, and everyone was like, "No, no, that's not happening." Tom Brady has not said anything. His camp has not said anything. His dad says he's undecided. All of this stuff. Remember how Adam Schefter was twisting in the wind. Twisting in the wind for like three days, and we're all questioning his credibility. And then all of a sudden, Tom Brady's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm retiring," because <laughs> Shefty knows, baby. Mm-hmm. He knows, and he tweeted earlier today that it is quote likely that the Dallas Cowboys will release wide receiver Amari Cooper because they owe him twenty million dollars in guaranteed money on March twentieth, and they can get around that if they drop him before then. So that being said, it's very fascinating how this is all happening, Cowboy fans, because I think Cowboy fans were looking to reload this offseason and and get to a higher level. I know mm-hmm. the Cowboys won their division title, lost in the first round of the playoffs, but it's one of those things where like, whoa, well, if, if things fall into place, but now what's going on? Amari Cooper, more than likely gone. Michael Gallup, 
free agent, could be gone, ACL injury. Blake Jarwin, hip injury. He missed a lot of time last year. Again, now he had, ha- two games. he had to have surgery again on this, and he's going to miss more time next year. And they're saying this isn't a football injury that he suffered. So this could be kind of career-limiting for him. Yeah, it could be. And then Dalton Schultz, he's in line to get paid. He is. And that dude, eight touchdowns, over 800 yards uh, receiving as a tight end. He's going to get paid a lot somewhere. And you know who's got money that I think could use a Dalton Schultz? Tell me. Jacksonville. You know what? Jacksonville needs a receiving threat and somebody that can threaten inside the numbers. Yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence needs someone to dump the ball off to when he can't find a receiver. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Uh, We saw that with Romo. We saw that with Aikman. We saw that with Dak. The tight end position is just king. It, it, It is a fantastic position. Uh You'll you'll notice that good teams have good tight ends. That is part of it. If you look at the best tight ends in the league right now, chances are they went far in the playoffs. I mean, Higby with the Rams. You had uh, you know Kittle with the with the Niners. You have uh, Kelsey with the with the Chiefs. Tight ends mean a lot. I think tight ends mean more than a wide receiver too. C.J. Uzama. Yeah. It's it's it it is a thing. Here's man. what I'll say about. Amari Cooper getting cut. I'm going to reserve judgment on what the Cowboys are doing until I see the final picture. I'm not going to overreact to them because if they're releasing Amari and Demarcus Lawrence to free up money, Mm -hmm. I can get behind that. If they chose to let go of Amari over Demarcus, I have an issue with that. The question is, Pledge, are they being proactive about this or are they reacting to all of this news? That's where I have I Explain question. yourself. Okay, so it's one of those things where I know they what know do you mean by reacting. I know they know their cap situation going into the offseason. It's mm-hmm. not a surprise to them that they're twenty two million over the cap. What I'm saying is is that did they know the totality of it all? Did they know everything about uh Jarwin's injury and and how how far along that was gonna be? Did they know exactly what Schultz's market value was going to be? Did they know? Uh, the, obviously, they didn't know about Gallup's injury until the end of the season as well. So it's it, there's a lot going on in there, and I'm wondering if it's just one of those things where they're losing leverage. That's what R.J. Ochoa pointed out on blogging the boys okay. and on on Twitter today. They were saying this, the the Cowboys now have no leverage on Dalton Schultz. His agent can come back and say, "Look, you need us more than we need you." And because of that, you're going to have to pay up if you yes. want my services. Well, he should be doing that regardless. That is true, but it's, but it's, I mean, it's gun to the head at this point. Here's what I'll say because I look at the Dallas Cowboys and 29 free agents, some really big ones too. They're $22 million over the cap. A release of Amari Cooper frees up about 20. They're still over the cap at that point. J. Ron Curse is a free agent. Mm-hmm. DeMonte KZ is a free agent. Malik Hooker's a free agent. That's the entire, all the safeties are free agents. Uh, Darian Thompson's a free agent. Keanu Neal is a free agent. Leighton Vanderesh is a free agent. Randy Gregory is a free agent. Be a whole new team, baby. And then we mentioned all the receivers, there, whether it's Dalton Schultz or, or Michael Gallup or Cedric Wilson. So it's a whole lot. When you, 
that's why I want to reserve judgment till I see what they do with Demarcus Lawrence because if they're choosing Amar, uh, Demarcus over Mar- Amari, I have an issue because they're choosing a guy who can't stay healthy. One and B hasn't produced since getting that contract, and C. When you look at the grand scheme of things, what failed them was not their defense in the end. It was their offense. Right. Well, a lot And more... now they're going to lose a whole lot of that offense by trying to maintain the most expensive part of their defense that's never on the field anyway. I agree with you on that. A lot will unfold April 28th through April 30th because that mm-hmm. is the dates of the NFL draft. And it all will depend on who they get. I mean, maybe they... Maybe they get some receivers, some stud receivers. Maybe an Ohio State stud receiver will fall to them, for example. Fair. You know, and you take a look at that, coupled with what they do in free agency. Man, if they sign Juju Smith-Schuster, who from the Pittsburgh Steelers, who visited the Star about a month ago, mm-hmm. if that happens, I wonder if there's going to be some sort of tampering or collusion type of thing going on, because why else would he visit that facility? Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh no, no, no! We we just we just came to play catch. We just he just came to the start to play catch, and <laughs> he got to see our facilities. And then he had to go back to Pittsburgh and say, "Wow, the facilities now, there suck." Here's the thing: he was there for an actual event mm-hmm. for Seven Eleven because of sponsorships. Yeah, I buy it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, it, it, People are represented by the same company. you got to come together somewhere. It's the optics is what I'm saying. Oh, the optics are awful, and I'm sure there's a little bit of collusion. Like Players talk to one another. Understood. They do. It's the owners that can't talk to players. Dak's probably like, yeah, you should come, come to Dallas. And here's – I look at it. I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster would be a bad thing or necessarily a bad fit. As a matter of fact, I think he'd be great in Dallas because Juju feels like he knows he's not a one. Yeah. They want CD to be the one. Amari was the one. Force the ball to CD. That's first and foremost. Force the ball to him. Do not let the defense take him away. The Cowboys need to do that. Dak needs to stop checking out of plays and force the ball. Force the issue. Was there an issue with Amari wanting targets? Wanting touches, wanting looks. I, he's making $20 million a year. He needs to justify it. Exactly. But he'd already gotten paid, so at that point, it was not really even matter. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I kind of see, like, I'm getting paid $20 million. I should be getting the looks. I'm the guy. You paid me. Now, Amari Cooper got paid. But someone mm-hmm. who's going to get paid this offseason is Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker... His price tag is going up by the day because if you had asked me about a month ago what he'd be making, I'd say hmm, three, four million a year, five million a year if he gets re-signed, it gets extended by the by the Spurs. But man, he is on a tear. The last seven games, averaging twenty one point seven points per game on fifty three percent shooting last night, a season high thirty points. But the Spurs fell short, lost to the Sacramento Kings. 115-112 at the AT&T Center. Spurs were down 19 at one point, came back in the third quarter, took the lead, lost in the fourth. It got close at the end. Uh, Keldon Johnson only two points. Doug McDermott only four. But uh, I asked a question on Twitter. Whether or not 
it would be wise for Spurs for the Spurs to sign Lonnie Walker to an extension at fourteen million a year. Two hundred and ninety people have responded, and believe it or not, sixty percent, six zero, sixty percent, say yep. That's an amount that they would be okay with resigning. And you know what? I w- I'm part of that sixty percent because two things. People think that that's a lot of money in the NBA, but that's less than what Derek White got for this team. I mean, Derek White was making $17, $18 million a year. So for $14 million to go to a starting shooting guard who has the potential of averaging 16 to 18 points per game, that is what you would want to spend. That is actually called a bargain. But it's because it's Lonnie Walker, and we've seen Lonnie Walker struggle with this team for the better part of three and a half seasons. And we think, well, what's different? What's different is what is expected of him. What's different is Derek White is no longer there. DeMar DeRozan is no longer there. Rudy Gay is no longer there. Lonnie Walker is now becoming the second scorer, the second option on this offense, and he is thriving in that position. He's not starting, but he's getting starter minutes, had 30 minutes last night, and he's being efficient out there, 53% in that seven-game span. He was really efficient in the first half. Oh, yeah, 22 points. Kind of died down the second half there. We needed a couple of buckets from him, and they just kind of rattled out. They looked good. They looked good. He looked, I mean, he looked strong. But I'm looking at this price tag, and I'm looking over, and we we think, who's that second star? We've been talking about Vassell. We've been talking about Keldon Johnson. But if that second star happens to be Lonnie Walker, we need to pay that second star. Because, when I mean, Zach Levine's the only guy that I'm really interested in. That's a free agent this year. Not Aiton. Well, yeah, but I don't think I think it's going to take the world to sign Aiton. It's going to well, be thirty million plus. Yes, he's getting maxed. Yeah. I mean, don't be wrong. So those are probably the two that I would say that I would most want on this team. But Lonnie Walker at fourteen million would actually be a steal. And I and Spurs fans hate to hear that. It's a small sample size, dude. I mean, it is. There, ah, but it's the change. It's why. He's getting the ball at the top of the key. He's able to drive. You know what the good news is? We're going to get a full sample size for the rest of the season. That's right. And and you know what? If you can keep, make an informed decision then. And if it keeps going like this, it might be a $16 million deal. might be a $17 okay. million You're deal. You're paying Doug McDermott $16 million to not play? Yeah, and that's the thing of people reaching out to me on Twitter saying, no more than a, no more than $10 million. Are you telling me that you'd rather pay, have him get paid the same or less than Doug McDermott? He's a better player than Doug McDermott these days. He's better player than Doug McDermott, period. Mm-hmm. Doug McDermott provides a skill set, a skill set that they're not utilizing, by the way. Sp- floor spacing. How many how many attempts does he even get a game? Yeah, it, it's it's bizarre. It's like, why were you brought here in the first place? Exactly. <laughs> Shoot the ball. It makes no sense. I have zero clue what is happening over there. Spurs back in action tomorrow night against the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets are 31 and 33. It's going to be an early tip off at six o'clock next week. Spurs got the Lakers, Raptors, Jazz, and Pacers. Two for the for the record for Greg Popovich for most wins as a coach in NBA history. We talked about who are better shooters. When we come back, let's talk about who's a better runner. We had our own combine here at the San Antonio Sports Star. It was kind of an impromptu thing here on the San Antonio Sports Star. We did a 40-yard dash between me, Pledge, and Edwin. 
who had the fastest time. This is halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. On the go at com. My name's Michael Jimenez. Your host from 12 to 2 with James Pledger. Edward Hafner is producing the show. Last uh, segment, we were talking about Lonnie Walker and how much it would cost to keep him. Ray wants to talk about this. He's on the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines. Ray, what's on your mind? Hey, Michael, how's it going? Thank you for taking my call. Um, yeah, you know, I totally agree with you. I, uh, I commented a few months ago, like before the season started, on how if Lonnie could score 16 to 18 a game, I think that'd be great for him. I think he'd be, you know, someone that we should sign for a, a long-term contract. And uh, I took a lot of hate for it. A lot of Spurs fans were like, there's no way Lonnie Walker's going to do that. There's no way. There's no way. Well, I mean, he has the rest of the season to prove it. And I think he can. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, if he could, uh, you know, maybe take over games in the fourth quarter, I think he could be, you know, uh, a very valuable go-to guy. But, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I love Lonnie Walker. I think he's great. I met him before. He's a super awesome guy. And uh, I just think, you know, the Spurs need to, uh, you know, give the guy what he deserves, you know. And I totally agree with you, you know, with Derek White gone, uh, Lonnie Walker's taking a, taking a load, you know. And uh, I can only imagine, you know, him and DeJounte in the backcourt. I think it'd be an awesome athletic backcourt. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, improve our defense would be awesome, you know. But uh, I really definitely agree with you. I like Lonnie as a, as a long-term uh, spur. Now, Ray, let me ask you one last question. Do you want yes, Lonnie sir? to start or do you like him being a six-man? Honestly, uh, Michael, I think if he were to get a starting, you know, he could bump that up to like 21, 22 a game, you know. And uh, like I said, when I posted that on, on Facebook, uh, a lot of guys were like, there's no way he could do that. And I think he can. I mean, you know, if he's getting some open jump shots from threes, you know, and and if the defense collapses on a, a slasher like Keldon, you know, if Keldon would be able to take it to the paint and de- Keldon would develop a little bit better, you know, find a wide open Lonnie Walker for a three, I mean, yeah, I definitely would like to see him as a starter. I think he's He'd be great as a starter, you know? That is Ray calling into the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines. That was a fantastic call, Thanks, Ray. Ray. Feel free to call in whenever you'd like, man. That was amazing. That's the way that you do it. But here's the thing, Pledge. Do you want him starting? Um, if if that's what it takes, I wouldn't mind. I mean, he's not a bad starter. If we can't get a Zach Levine and that's our, our, our second option there, then I wouldn't mind it. Lonnie Walker is only 23 years old. Uh, I'm aware. We need to understand that when we draft some of these players, it takes three or four years for them to develop. And by then, they're 22, 23 years old. The guy has not hit his prime yet. If he's doing this at 23, because it is a tale of two seasons. Mm -hmm. There is season one before Derek White got traded, and then after Derek White got traded. Lonnie Walker should no longer be judged for what happened before that trade, because he's a different player doing a different thing now that Derek White is no longer there. He's getting those minutes, and Pledger right now is clapping his hands, because have we gotten to the 19... Minute mark. We've just hit 20 minutes for our Richard winner. On, is it Richard that, that won? Richard is the winner. Richard, uh, let's get him on the line. Richard. Hey, this is Thomas. 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 Oh, Thomas, sorry about that. Dude. You good? You waited online for 20 minutes for concert tickets, man. You should be rewarded, man. Commended <laughs> for this. That is how long I was on hold before Bear County Sheriff's Office call, uh, answered my call last night. 
amazing. <laughs> but do you yeah, like this? Long of a time. Do you like this band, Coheed and Cambria? I've heard it back in the day, uh, like uh, Dance Gavin Dance. Oh yes, that is the special guest opening up for Coheed yep. and Cambria. Again, they are in concert over at the uh, Whitewater, Whitewater Amphitheater. Whitewater Amphitheater in New Braunfels. Pledge gets yeah, mad about awesome. that. It's it's in Canyon Lake. But man, congratulations again. Uh, Edwin's going to get your information to make sure that you have everything that you need to get those tickets. And thanks for taking part in this and listening to our show. Hey, you have a great day, man. Love right. your show. You, you too. Thanks a lot for hanging in there. Thank you. Man, Pledge. That was a lot, man. That was a lot. I hate being on hold. But to their to their credit, man, he, he hung in there. He knew what the prize was at the end of the road, and he went and got it. And the funny thing is that when they're on hold, they can actually hear the show. They they can hear the show. You know, uh, during the uh, before the show, we we prep for the show. We talk about what topics we're going to go over and A, B, C, and D. What we're going to talk about first, second, and third. And uh, you know, we're over here watching the combine, and I was talking about the forty second times and how there were nine wide receivers who ran a sub four four forty yesterday. And Pledge looks over at me and asks the question. How fast can you run a 40? And I said, well, I can tell you how fast I can drink a 40, but run a 40 <laughs> is a different thing, man. You know, I did a half marathon in two hours and 49 minutes, right? So That's a quick clip, though. You know, it's not bad for a fat guy. <laughs> but that is, be, that, is, that is a thing about, you know, stamina. That's not a thing about quickness, right? So we decided to run a 40 outside, and we're like, how do we find out how fast we are when it comes to this because we need to measure it out first we right? measured our hands we measured our hands again kenny pickett at eight and a half inches being criticized for that pledge you were at eight and a half and edwin was at nine and an eighth and i was at nine and a half i got kenny pickett hands <laughs> but do you have kenny pickett <laughs> legs that was the thing so the only <laughs> thing that we had was a ruler right so we, we we go on google to find out again it's three feet to a yard 40 yards is 120 feet so we're like, how are we going to measure 120 feet using a ruler without flipping it over multiple times? But then I looked in the parking lot and I saw the parking lots, the parking spots, and each spot was about two and a half yards. Mm-hmm. Did the math on it. We needed to do 18 uh, parking spots in order to, to judge this. So we have this video on. Did you put it on Instagram or Twitter? I did. I put it on Instagram. I can put it on Twitter, too. Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple of instances there because Pledge... Ran the first time and you I got, got greedy. You, you ran it good because I believe you got yours in six point three five, six three eight, and I think it was. But I, I feel like that was slow. I feel like the electric timer was, uh, it was slow stopping. Now keep in mind, he's wearing a sleeveless hoodie and shorts right now with running shoes. Edwin goes out there in a polo, and uh, he's out there, and I believe Edwin ran it in about seven, right at seven. Mm-hmm. I'm going out there, my chubby butt. <laughs> I'm wearing jeans and a belt with no socks and I'm running down there and I barrel through at eight and a half. Again, it was a 40 yard dash, but I only, I only dashed 30 of it because I held up the last 10 because, uh, once I get rolling downhill, I don't stop, man. I'm like an avalanche. I'm a brown avalanche, man. And, uh, your 10, your 10 yard split was not good. <laughs> yeah. The, the first, the first 30 yards were fine, but, uh, but I, I told you, because I'm wearing jeans and a belt, I probably could have ran it at right around 8 or maybe 7.8. Because, come on, man, running in jeans, so. 
Running in jeans, man. Come on, man. You're in shorts. You no, have no I'm aware resistance. of what I'm, I'm wearing. I'm in denim. Come on, man. You got to at least afford me at least one second on that. No. Now there was- I, I think you're you're being a little bit generous of how much time this actually takes off. It's not much. It, it takes a little. We're talking fractions Dude. of seconds, though. Uh, exactly. I'm saying fractions. at least half a second. No, maybe no, more. no. I'm talking fractions, like tenths. Oh, no, dude. Wearing shorts compared to jeans. Dude, if I was wearing what you're wearing right now, you were wearing what I was wearing, your 6.35 would be a 7.35. Okay, so what we need to do next time is a race where you're wearing jeans yep. and I'm wearing shorts. Yep. Okay. I'd still think you'd beat me, but not by much. Okay. <laughs> I would wear Timberlands and still Timberland. beat you by two seconds. <laughs> Be like Rich Eisen. I will put on Doc Martens. Doc Martens. <laughs> Very nice. But at the end of the day, I still have a bigger hand size, man. Nine and a half oh, inches. I'll never be an NFL quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Boteo on Facebook says, let's do a challenge. I can drink a 40 faster than Jimenez can run a 40. Whoa. You know, there's some people who can drink beer super fast, and they creep I me out. You know, like the ones who have, like, like the, the two gulps? Yeah. I don't know how that is possible. I can do that. I mean, you open throat, relax the jaw. That's just too much, man. That's just too much. <laughs> I need a beer after this show. My weekend starts after this show. I'm super excited. I need excited one after this. this, too. I got to start prepping for the Saturday morning hangover. You know, we. <laughs> Jonathan reaches out on YouTube and says, Just saw Pledge run the 40. The, the look on the man's face is a pure determination. Hair in the wind and all. It's all about drive. It's all about power. And it's also all about second attempts. Because I don't know if he saw the second attempt yeah. out there because you got greedy. I did. You ran 6.35 and you're like, I can beat that. I can't. And then you go out there, you stretch, and no, then you I didn't run, stretch. And a 40-yard dash turned into a 20-yard dash and a face plant because you fell all the way over and looked like Peter Griffin on Facebook going, ah, ah. Here's so, the thing. And you tore your, your uh, what's it called? What are those? Your oh, yeah, my leggings. Compression legs. Yeah, yeah. leggings. Here, <laughs> I... <laughs> I, I did legs this morning, so they were sore in the first place. Yeah. And then after the first run, I was like, I still feel pretty good. And I haven't even stretched. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's give it a second go without stretching. And as I'm digging in to push harder, I started to feel my quads get a little like tight. And I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and I just went down like a house of cards. So I didn't like pop a quad. And it's funny, people reaching out asking us to do like other challenges. It's kind of like I'm down. Kind of like Nickelodeon's physical challenge. You know, uh, Rudy J and I, when we were in LA, we were at the amusement park and we were doing that that the three, that, that, three yeah. that three point shot. You know, the rims fourteen feet up in the air, and mm-hmm. you know, it's a crooked rim. And he was so proud when he nailed his, and and Rob missed his attempts, and Rudy knocked down his, and he was a, he was like did not know whether or not I was athletic enough to do it. But one of the things is, I'm a pretty good three point shooter. There was a time over at... Uh, Didn't you miss, like, your first five? I missed the first two. Okay. Um, I was at Fiesta, Texas uh, a handful of years ago. And, uh, you know, they have that three-point shootout over there where they have, like, the three stations. And they give you, like, three balls on each and then the red, white, and blue ABA mm-hmm. ball. Well, I remember going out there, and I shot the first one, and I airballed it so bad because the wind took it. And I was like, okay, adjust. Second shot made. Third shot made. Money ball made. 
I go to the middle rack, made them all. Go to the the the, the last rack, made them all except for the last one. I go to get my prize, and the prize was either well, the prize that I won was an iPod mm-hmm. back in the day. Those was how long ago it was. But what I wanted was a jersey. They had a Kobe jersey, a Kevin Garnett jersey. I wanted a jersey, which was like the third thing that you could have won. And they refused to give me a jersey. They gave me an iPod, which I proceeded to give away because I already had one. I didn't need a Nano. <laughs> God, that was a long time ago. When was the last time an iPod Nano was sold? But uh, very nice. Again, this is Halftime Sports, Pop Culture, Nostalgia. When we come back, we're going to get nostalgic about the song that was number one in the United States 20 years ago today. When you hear that song, you're going to feel old. This is Halftime <laughs> on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. <laughs> This is Jason Minnick. You're listening to San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. I love this song. Although I didn't know what it was about. Really? Did you just not listen to lyrics when you were I kid? typically do listen to lyrics. But all I know about this song I remember song is I shattered chorus. your world with the Pina Colada song, yeah. The Escape. Hey, baby, hey, baby, hey. <laughs> hey, baby. The number one song 20 years ago today. Does that make you feel old? This mm. halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM, on the go at nah, com. 638 makes me feel old. And nostalgia. <laughs> it, it's interesting talking about Gwen Stefani, because Gwen Stefani, I don't know how to categorize a bit. Because she's she's gone all over the place. When she first came out, she was a, part of a ska band, mm-hmm. and then no doubt morphed into this kind of was a, no doubt. Well, right, but no doubt had its evolution, right? So she had she came out. They typically did ska, and then they came out and they did more of a punk rock type of thing. Then a little bit more of a mainstream rock type of, of performance, and then she branched out, had a solo career as well. Now she's doing, you know, she's judging reality shows and. Does all sorts of things like that. But I'm a big Gwen Stefani fan, but I'm going to let you know something. I saw her in concert one time. Mm-hmm. It was bad. And it was when she first came out, though. So I'm sure over the years it got better. Because a lot of friends of mine have gone to see No Doubt concerts or Gwen Stefani concerts. They come back and they say that she's great. But I saw her back in 1997. I saw her at the Blockbuster. It was a free event at the Texas Motor Speedway, the, the Blockbuster rock series or whatever it was and uh she opened up for bush and uh it was also also she met kevin rosdell huh yeah yeah it was uh (laughs) and uh also on the bill was collective soul uh matchbox Mm -hmm. 20 uh third eye blind was there uh presence of the united states of america also performed it was a good show sounds like a really good lineup well from what i remember because it was hot and i'd been drinking so was gwen stefani bad or were you drunk well, I liked, I enjoyed Collective Soul. That was a great performance, mm-hmm. and that was midday, and I was probably five or six drinks in. But the thing was, was that when Gwen Stefani performed, she stopped performing, was doing more acrobatics than anything else. She was climbing fences and climbing the stage and basically almost killing herself out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm there going, it's very cool. I'm like, sing the song, sing the song. She wasn't, and, and when she did, it was out of breath because she was doing all this stuff up there. Bush was really good. You know, I think Razorblade Suitcase was the album at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just see you at 
No, this, but I'm this 20 concert. years old. Don't say I'm an old man because no. I was 20 years old no, at that no, time. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you're an old man. I'm saying I'm seeing you at this concert and you see Gwen Stefani maybe have an off day. <laughs> Do you think you've never had an off show? Oh, I of course. You know, it happens. What's what's the 311 rule over here? You know, three good, one one bad, and one decent. <laughs> Which one's this one? Well, I don't know. Probably one of the ones. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, you probably caught her on a bad day. And it's, I say you guys see somebody a couple of times before you can formulate a decision. Just like if you run into an athlete and they're not in the greatest mood when you meet them. But you can't have bad days when you're performing literally in front of 100,000 fans. I mean, you can. I mean, you shouldn't. That was the thing. But I am a, a, a Gwen Stefani. So fan. no NFL player should ever have a bad day. Oh, dude, why do you do that contrary bit that you always no, do? No, I'm just saying. Well, like, they're playing in the, front of 100,000 people. Is, she is not dependent on any other people. It is her own vocal cords. She's the only person. She's not dependent it, on it, her band? It should be. A, no, no. At this point in, the, in, in life, no. No, no, no but doubt. that's not this point. That was they early. Should, they should have referred to this as Gwen Stefani and the no doubts, okay? Because <laughs> at this point... At this point, Tragic Kingdom had already come out, and at this point, uh, you know, we don't, you know, Don't Speak was already big. Yes, that's just when it was no doubt. She was not Gwen Stefani yet. You are always wanting to be contrarian, just no. for the sake of being contrarian. No, this and isn't just for the sake. I love you because of it. All right. I feel like you are giving them a bad do because everybody has a bad day. Even people playing in front of 100,000 people, even people that make hundreds of millions of dollars. I've Everyone has a bad day. I've said it lots of times. The worst concert I ever went to was Mary J. Blige. And she wasn't even the uh, headliner. She was the opening act for Boys to Men. She was drunk, right? She was uh, allegedly. She has, oh, gone, allegedly. she has gone out and done interviews saying that she would be drunk on stage. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that that was the one. But my favorite <laughs> story about all that was Montel Jordan uh, performing five songs, and this is how we do it, was done the first song, the third song, and the fifth song. Yeah. That was the opening song. It was the mid-bridge, and it was the... It was that the, is the man who knows what he is about. His encore. <laughs> you know, I went to a Killers concert one time, and they sang Mr. Brightside, Mr. Brightside for the first song. It threw everybody off. It was like, wait a minute. Mr. Brightside was already saying, you know, half the crowd probably only knew that song. Yeah, right? and they're like, oh, I guess I should leave. <laughs> Some of them were like, I haven't even gotten my seat yet. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Hey, recap the top stories. Uh, Amari Cooper may be gone from the Dallas Cowboys, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. He tweeted out there that it's most likely that the Cowboys will release Amari Cooper by March 20th. That's the day that he's due $20 million. So, again, get rid of him because the Cowboys are $22 million over the cap. And it's also an attempt to re-sign Michael Gallup, according to reports. Which is so bizarre. I mean, Not really. I really like Michael Gallup. I do too, but Gallup misses more games than Cooper does. But then again, Cooper does play hurt sometimes. The problem with Amari Cooper that I have is that you take a look at his stats and you, you would think that he it would be averaged out. Oh, he averages 50, 60 yards a game. No, he doesn't. He gets games with 20 or 30 and games with 100, 130. He doesn't have anywhere in between. He's either balling or he's disappeared for most of the game. Uh, other headlines again, the Spurs are back in action tomorrow against the Charlotte Hornets. Six o'clock tip-off. Rodeo road trip is over. The Spurs will uh, come back for a seven-game homestand. After Charlotte tonight, tomorrow night. 
Right, after Charlotte. And college basketball regular season wraps up this weekend. That's you right. Catch the Aggies taking on Mississippi State right here tomorrow night, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 tip. You're home for Aggies baseball. Also Basketball. Ba- basketball. I'm thinking about baseball because UTSA's baseball team is doing very well. They're mm-hmm. back in action this weekend at UTSA. They beat the number two ranked team in the nation, Stanford, earlier this week, 6-5. to five. It was a remarkable game. And again, Coach K, his last game is tomorrow, his last home game against North Carolina. That's going to be a fantastic game. They may be a one seed. I would love for him to win it all in his final season. Hey, we'll be back. Hope everyone has a great weekend. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. Jason and Joe will be back at 4 o'clock for the Blitz.